Hello everybody and welcome to this game where it's a me, Ashley. Brilliant. And it's me, Chris. Hello everyone. <laughs> How are you? You alright? Better for that, I imagine. That's warmer cockles right up that ass. It's my best Charles Martinet. Is it Martinet or Martinet? I think uh, it's Martinet. I'll go Martinet because it looks a bit French, doesn't it? It does, doesn't it? It's um it, it's a Mario week, everybody. It is. They're well publicised. It's the, the next round in the battle. In the battle? Are you are you approaching this like a battle? I did. It behooved yeah, well, me. It, well, it worked I, I well. Did, I did a bit of uh, statistic finding of myself. You did some digging. Yep. Are you hitting me with it now or are you going to save them, keep me in the back pocket? No, no, I'm going to get out, out of the way because we know it's a merry game. Uh, so I, yeah. I did a bit of, uh, I looked into some statistics and quickly realised that as you did last week, that uh, that's not the way to go. So They're not in Sonic's favour, are they? So I did a bit of, of polling. Polling? Did some polls. Polls? Who, uh, with Poll. who? Oh, well, you mean your two mates that aren't me? Well, You asked I, your two friends. 100% of the people polled said that Sonic is still better than Mario. Who's 100%? Oh, was it just you? Or did you just ask yourself? <laughs> yeah, just ask me. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what you should have done. You should have asked your daughter. Because that would have can gone you 50% just tell me then. what happened? What happened when your daughter played Sonic? <laughs> As an avid Mario fan, I decided to try her with some Sonic to give her some... Her being an avid Mario fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And well, I am now. I, I really enjoy I know Mario. I but are, yeah. uh, And uh, she played Sonic for probably about 10 minutes and stopped because she was crying because she got frustrated. Yeah. And then did you read an article? I think you were telling me off mic last week about an article you read on Sonic's... Oh no, it was. It was the Keith Stewart thing, wasn't it? That it says in the it says in the article that Keith Stewart wrote on Sonic that a lot of newcomers to platformers uh, find Sonic deeply frustrating because it doesn't follow any of the rules. Yeah, it's something yeah. there, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, actually, that's that sounds like possibly something that she was responding to because if she's if she's become well versed in Mario games to then be thrust into a Sonic game. And to not have the lack that maybe you and I had when we were younger of games and therefore have to play what you're given. Yeah. She maybe is a little bit more discerning, a little bit less like, well, I'll play it anyway. Well, that's what we're all like. So, But hey, let's, let's not get bogged down in, uh, in uh, what, the, uh, what the results yeah, were. Yeah, sorry, in the anecdotes. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Was that it? That was, your, that was the polling? That, that was me hitting you with those, those stats. Yeah. Didn't go so well. Did you find out anything interesting beyond your poll? Did you find anything interesting in, in your digging? No, I just did a poll uh, to myself. Just did a poll. <laughs> right. Okay. Fab. Great. Good. It's how, it's how, well, I spend, how I spend my Sundays. Yeah. Okay. So this week, it's a Mario game. Shall I give you my little spiel? Yes, please. I'm just going to preface this with i'm quite looking forward to this because i do enjoy mario games there is one mario game i don't like though and i have a i have a nasty feeling it might be this one. Oh well i'd be surprised to be honest okay i would be surprised i think that the one that you don't like is new super mario brothers oh i've got about that one yeah that ah. one as well <laughs> two, two, two right. is it new Su- is it super mario brothers 2 it is yeah that's that's a uh, that's that's not an unpopular opinion either, is it? Super Mario Brothers Two is an interesting game in and of itself. I don't know how I feel about it, but it was one that my cousin had, and it was the only Mario game that he had, which was interesting in the, again in itself. That that was the only like. Can you imagine being in a house where the only Mario game you've ever experienced is Super Mario Two, and that's what defines Mario for you? Pulling up turnips and throwing them at pink dinosaurs and whatnot. Yeah. 
It's not, yeah. if I, I remember, it's not a bad game. It's just not a Mario game. Well, it isn't a Mario game. It's a reskins game. It's but not. Well, it you, is a Mario you, game. I you think get the idea. They did that. a very good job. Yeah. Yeah. Without going in down that rabbit hole, because it is a bit of a rabbit hole. No, it's not. It's not Super Mario Brothers 2. Good, and good. I don't think you will guess what it is. This week, it is this game where you take direct control of two genial plumbing brothers to recover the voice of a loved one. Platform, please. Do I have to tell you that? Can't I, can I withhold? Hey, you can you, is do. that just because you're not going to... Well, I think you could guess the platform based on what I like. Is it one of the weird DS like, RPGs or something? You're very close. Ooh. It's not weird. They're not weird. Okay, esoteric. Unusual. Right. Other synonyms. Yes, it is. Okay. Is it? Go on, Any, anything else? No. You don't, that, like, you don't want to guess? No, no. Okay. That's as far as I've got. It's Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance. Right. That is a... Have you played... That is out of left field. I was not expecting that. Is it? Yeah. Really? Okay, yeah. you were expecting to be doing a platformer? Yeah, I was expecting to do Mario yeah. 1, to be honest. Is that what you wanted? No, no, I'm... Uh... I didn't mean to go off-piste. You know, I didn't... I wasn't purposefully trying to throw a spanner in the works with my choice, given that, you know, it's Mario and Sonic month or whatever. But at the same time, I did wonder whether you'd be a little bit, like, narked. Is that the word? Narked. At the idea of not doing a platformer. I'm always not. Yeah. And other things. So uh, do you know anything about Superstar Saga at all? I know that quite a few RPGs came out on the, probably the Game Boy Advance DS, 3DS, uh, starring Mario and Luigi sometimes. Well, I actually had the uh, Dream Team one. Yep. That was called, yeah. I I quite enjoyed that. That's the only one I've played Mm. though. Um, So I know that that one is really good. But I've not played any of the preceding games, and I think there's quite a handful. This is the third Mario RPG uh, to be made ever. It was made in 2003, or it was released in 2003 in, uh, well, across the world. Is it uh, late is 2003? It, does it come into the Mario RPG umbrella then? Well, we will discuss that a little bit in a moment, probably okay. quite soon. Right. This is Mario and Luigi, and that is a series in and of itself. It was developed by a studio called Alpha Dream. Alpha Dream are no more, and we'll again maybe come to that later, although it's only tangentially related. They made Dream Team. They made everything basically in the Mario and Luigi franchise, because it is its own franchise. It's, It's its own series, Mario and Luigi. So you'll know Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga maybe by name, because it seems like you haven't played it. There's also on the DS Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, which is absolutely fabulous as well. That was the first DS game that I bought and I actually bought it with my DS for the train journeys when I was going to look at universities. Oh nice. With my mum. Yeah. I got the DS specifically so that I could not be bored on the trains. I didn't think about talking to my mum. Um which <laughs> is a bit of a sad sad state, isn't it? As a you look back on yourself as a teenager and sometimes there are things that make you want to crawl into yourself. Oh completely. What one out there that gets trussed out a lot for me is being taken when I was about twelve or thirteen, being taken on holiday to the Alps and going up and down these winding roads going round mountains and I spent the whole holiday with my head in a uh, Terry Pratchett book and uh, not looking out the window at all. I mean that's a nice world to be lost in, but I imagine mm. the Alps were pretty cool as well. Yeah. And yeah. In, in retrospect, it's quite ungrateful of me, but uh, I, I love me some Discworld. Yeah, well, I, I don't blame you. This is the third Mario RPG. The first was Super Mario RPG on the SNES. Have you ever played that one? Yes, I've had a bit of a dab with it and quite enjoyed it, but didn't play that much of it as is tradition. Okay, fair enough. Co-developed or co-produced by Square Enix and Nintendo, that yep. one, which is interesting again. That was when they had a good a good relationship. Wasn't that part of when they were investigating Final Fantasy potentially being on the SNES and it went sour. And well, Final when... Fantasy was on the SNES. Yeah, you uh, mean sorry. Final Fantasy 6 and 7, I think it is? 7. Uh, 6 forward. 
Well, I think I think six was on the PlayStation. I don't think it was on the SNES, but I can't remember for definite. Six was on the SNES, and then it got re-released later on the, on the PlayStation. That's when I played it. Right. Okay. Yeah, it probably was. Almost certainly was. It, it, mid nineties. So there was that. There was Super Mario RPG, the, which is is a good game. Uh, there was then Paper Mario on the N sixty four second one in the rpg style and obviously we know what sort of game that is and then there was this in 2003 in japan so there are a couple of tidbits from japan in japan this is actually known as mario and luigi rpg the follow-up to it partners in time is known as mario and luigi rpg 2 by 2 for, for reasons that we probably won't get to um but that sort of suggests that there is lineage going from Super Mario RPG through Mario and Luigi, uh, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and on to um, Partners in Time. There was a game on the 3DS that was a crossover between Paper Mario and the Mario and Luigi RPG series. It was Paper Jam, wasn't it? I don't know. I just remember Mario being... and Luigi Paper Jam. Just to clarify as well, because my head's my head's spinning a bit. There's Mario Mario RPGs as a, a whole. You've got Paper Mario. Mario and Luigi, and then the mainline Mario RPG series, which is essentially just the one on the SNES. Is that right? So there's kind of three series. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd, I'd actually say that Mario and Luigi is the mainline RPG series, okay. or, or Paper Mario. It depends which line you prefer to walk. And unfortunately, my feet are firmly, firmly in the Mario and Luigi path for reasons that I, I presume will become clear as we go. And given the nature of the way that Paper Mario has worked out. I'm not saying that they're not nice games. I'm just saying that they may be, for me, they're not they're not as good as the Mario and Luigi games. Okay, fair. There's that little nugget to explore possibly later. Why this game? I imagine you're thinking. I hope you're thinking because I've got an answer. Well, my logic is that you do it just to throw a curveball. No, I oh. haven't. I've so we've played Super Mario Brothers 3, and that for me is, I think, as close as you get to quintessential Mario platforming. This is, as I said, as I've intimated, this is, I think, as close as you get to perfect Mario-style RPGs. It's the first one I remember playing out of all the Mario RPGs, and it's the first Mario spin-off game that I remember playing that distinguishes itself from that main line of platformers are you following what i'm saying there because there were lots of lots of spin-offs yeah well as you were talking i was just thinking about all the different spin-offs you know the sports ones tennis and obviously mario kart etc there's so so many the 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 rpg ones are known for being a bit tongue-in-cheek and they they yeah send up the main series and things yeah exactly and that's part of what i'm I mean, really. Yeah. If you play Mario Tennis on the N64, Mario is still Mario. Yeah. And Luigi is still Luigi. Peach is still Peach and so on and so forth. They, they. It's a tennis game that has Mario characters. That's it. Yeah. And they're still pretty character light, if I'm quite honest. There isn't all that much character to them, is there? If we're being honest, because the character is not what the, the games are built on. The games are built largely on gameplay. Mm-hmm. Here, story and in particular character are front and centre, as is humour and the the tongue being firmly in the cheek. And I think that is what distinguishes it so strongly from those Mario games that at this point, when I was playing this, I was used to. The Mario platformers, whether that be 2D or 3D. I also, on top of that, that's the meaty reason that we're talking about this game instead of a standard Mario platformer. I also remember it just being really fun and, and satisfying to play in pretty much every way I can 
I can think of to try and judge it. And it was so unexpected as well. <laughs> I liked the look of the game. I didn't know very much about it when I started playing it, but I didn't expect to be bowled over the way that I was. I, I just found every part of it really satisfying and enjoyable. And that's why we're talking about it. Well, they always seem to review very well. Mm, yeah, they do. And Superstar Saga is, is the first. I think the series generally is very good. This is probably the best, if not the second best. I think Partners in Time. I haven't played that for a long while. But Partners in Time is, you know, really vying for the top spot as well, because that's fab too. So, yeah, I, I hope that's a reasonable justification. And I know I know I haven't just done it to sort of throw a curveball or a spanner in the works. I don't want you to think that. So you've gone for it because it's a good game, which is... Uh... Because it's a good game. And yeah. actually, uh, as much as games might, means something to me. Like, I really remember playing it in a fond, w- with fondness in my heart. On the train. That sounded... <laughs> No, this wasn't on the train. This was prior to that. So the DS I got in 2006, early 2006. And that was when we were going around looking at universities. I only ended up going to look at two because the second one that I went uh, that went to look at, I was very taken with. And that's where I ended up going. So, oh, What fond memories do you have associated with this one then? Playing it, just playing it. Right. Being, it came out in uh, November or December of 2003. I think it was November in North America and then December in Japan and Europe simultaneously, which is interesting for a different reason. But I think it was Christmas sort of time for me. And I was playing this game and it was it was surprisingly a joy. I think all of those things culminated just to make me really, really happy. You know? Is it a big RPG? Like 60 hours or something? Or is it a lot more slight mm, I can't remember. That's a good question. I can't remember how long it is. I should check on how long to beat, shouldn't I? Um, before I'll, I'll... we do that, though, I, I should just reassure you. The, the platforming element, the idea of Mario as a jumping character... It's not completely gone from this. I don't know if you know how these games work. Have you any conception of how the Mario and Luigi games tend to work? In you Dream, played Dream Team. In Dream Team, it was a there was a overworld where you explored and, and chatted to characters, and then you went into dungeons that were platformy. I think as you said that, mm. that then had rpg elements within that i I can't quite remember actually in that level of detail to bring it back out then uh and not talk about in detail in general the the game revolves around it's all top down style so sort of uh linked to the past sort of camera view um you have direct control over mario and luigi so directionally you move them you move them in a direction and they'll both go in that direction but a and b on the game boy advance and then later a b x and y on the face of the ds they would each control uh one of the two brothers so a a will make mario jump and b will make luigi jump and that is then used to some effect in terms of the way that you navigate the world the way the way that you solve puzzles the way that you attack mini games and so on it's also intrinsic to the battle system because the battle system it has some resemblance to paper mario and super mario rpg before it in that it's a turn-based timing-based battle system yeah yep so you attack and maybe your attack is jumping on a on an enemy or maybe your attack is hitting an enemy with a hammer 
And if you press the A button at the right time, just as Mary is about to stomp down on her Goomba, you will get an extra jump and that will do extra damage. Or if you hold the hammer back for long enough and then let it go by pressing A for Mario, you will do extra damage. I think that's what happened in Dream Team, but I might also be retconning it in my head. Mm-mm. No, okay. You will definitely have that right. The addition that Mario and Luigi RPGs brought, and this started with Superstar Saga, is the idea that you can counterattack when an enemy attacks you. So if you, again, if you press the correct corresponding button when Mario or Luigi are being attacked, and you do that in the right time, you can perform a defense, either a block or, or actually a counterattack and attack back against the enemy that's trying to attack you. So it was taking what Super Mario RPG and Paper Mario laid down as systems and then building on them in, I think, satisfying and interesting ways. Yeah, sounds good. I like the idea of the the control, the fact that you've got the different characters, different buttons. I quite like it when gamers do more unusual things with the control system. The, the example springs to mind for me is Ape Escape, the fact that you had to use the, you had to have a dual shock in order to play it because of how the right stick was used for each tool. Mm. And I realised that I liked the fact that I felt a lot more in control of the character and what was going on. I like the asymmetry of it, I suppose. The fact that, I know, and I know it's only in a semi-superficial way, but I like the fact that there's some physical connection to each of the characters that you're controlling. Yeah. So each button was distinctively for that character or that character, and there was no, there was no sort of contextual interchange of which button to press when no context sensitive button pressing as uh conquer might might refer to it or what's his face the scarecrow it's always the a button for one character and always you look confused when i said that it, the, the scarecrow whistle gummage that's all i can think of no <laughs> in conquer's bad fur day they, they make oh. a great deal out of there being context sensitive pads in the game do you not know about that Nope. I think it was a big deal at the time, like the idea that you might press the A button and it would do something different depending on where you are and the situation you were in. At the beginning of Conquer's Bad Fur Day, they go to great pains to explain this idea that pressing the A button when you're on a pad, this A button style tree trunk that's been lopped off or something on the floor depending on where you are it will do a different thing and it the person that's doing the describing there is a drunk scarecrow i can't remember his name i think his name might be scarecrow and he's a Liverpudlian. excellent yeah which actually leads us nicely into the the comedy side of this game the, the reason i got this being what it is was because you said about the the plot being that they're rescuing Princess Peach's voice that's been lost, mm. which I'm assuming is some kind of reference to her being voiceless in the first few games. Yeah, so I think you're right. And um, there, I mean, there's, yeah, there is. And you said about it making some wry observations towards other games. There are actually quite a lot of references to other games in in this in this iteration. Other of Mario, Mario games, Luigi. you mean? Oh, the Mario games, yeah, yeah, the whole series, the whole enchilada, really. There's, they're all over the place. Case in point, one of the ones that I, in order to do two jobs at once to try and be economical, I have got, I've written out the beginning of how everything kicks off, and then there's a little, little sort of nod to the way that games in the Mario series usually work. Because the game kicks off with the antagonist Cacletta and Fawful, new characters in the world of Mario. They dress up as ambassadors from Bean Bean Kingdom, which is next to Mushroom Kingdom. Is it? And they... Is that canon? Yes, it is, yeah. Yep, it is. Right. It was established in these games. So the the whole of the game is set in Bean Bean Kingdom because you 
kind of clatter and fall they they come into the court of peach dresses ambassadors from bean bean kingdom they steal her voice and they replace it with explosives so every time she talks i know Every time she talks, there's a, a speech bubble comes out and bombs drop out of the speech bubble. When Mary and Luigi arrive, this has already happened. And they meet Bowser outside Peach's court. I've gleaned this from my research. I don't remember this as strongly as, as this, so I don't know exactly how it turns out. But they meet Bowser. And I don't know whether Bowser's on his way in or on his way out. I think it might be on his way out. Because he's turned up to kidnap the princess, as he usually does. Wry nod. But he changed his mind. Because every the time she talks, there was explosives dropping out of her beach bubbles. So he turns around and he leaves. And that's how they address Bowser not being the baddie. Because basically he's just, yeah, I can't be with this. Yeah, kind of like that, yeah. At the same time, he then teams up with Mario and Luigi. Uh, he takes them as far as the border between Mushroom Kingdom and Bean Bean Kingdom before he gets blown out of the sky. They have to then traipse across Mario and Luigi, have to traipse across Bean Bean Kingdom to track down Peach's voice. So yeah, that I think, to me, that is a good example of the game's humour. Mm. And, and it just continues on that way. And it was, in fact, a major selling point of the game for Nintendo. Nintendo really... I, I presume they were really quite proud of what had ended up being made and they made it a linchpin of the marketing campaign. In October 2003, Nintendo ran an official competition for someone to win, oh, probably you won it, I don't know, you can tell me in a minute, to win a Game Boy Advance SP and a copy of Marion Luigi Superstar Saga. Do you know what sort of competition it was? Do you know what the competition was? Why did I know or that? guess? No well, idea. Presumably because you won it. Oh, no, I didn't you win everything. This one. Ah, right. It was a knock-knock joke competition. So the person that created the best knock-knock joke would win the game and the Game Boy Advance. What was the winning joke? I was hoping you would ask. Yeah, knock-knock. Who's there? Pencil. Pencil who? Your pencil fall down if you don't wear a belt. Oh, that's quite good. <laughs> is it? Oh, I think it's questionable. I think it's questionable. But even so, that that is the that was part of their campaign. A joke that wouldn't translate across from beyond North Not America. hugely well. Because of uh, We Call Pants and the Different. But even so, I, I still think the, the humour's there, isn't it? Yeah, it works as a joke, I guess. Not as a knock-knock joke, but we'll move swiftly on because I don't want to offend some 11-year-old from the past. <laughs> the battle system. I, I've already sort of described how the battle system works here and it's actually inspired sort of like Super Mario Brothers 2. This battle system was inspired by a different game that Alpha Dreamer had already made, as was the look of the game. So the art style also comes from this other game. And the game is called Tomato Adventure. I've never played it. I've never played it. But I, and I again, before I looked into this, I'd never heard of it. But having heard how Mario and Luigi draw inspiration from Tomato Adventure, it makes me a lot more interested to play it. Unfortunately, though, it was a Japanese-only release, so... I wouldn't understand it. I, I don't very much know Japanese, unfortunately. I'm putting it out there, I would never play it uh, because of that name anyway. Well, you would never play it because you don't play the games that you buy, let alone the ones that you lust after. It's a fair point. The games even shared some of the enemy characters that that occur. In some of, some of the ones that are in Mario and Luigi, they're actually straight up borrowed from Tomato Adventure. So there's that, which is interesting again. Are the other enemies ones from mario like your, your bob bombs and goombas etc or are they all from tomato adventure no they're not all from tomato adventure it's the dist it's the distinct and unique ones the or not even all of them like there are just all of the classics like your goombas and your 
Coopers and your Cooperlings, they also appear in this. All the ones that you know and, and love or hate, which whichever side of the fence you fall on that and some unique ones that aren't in tomato adventure plus some unique ones that are from tomato adventure so a a good mix a heady mix of different character designs everything looks really lovely as far as again i remember the backgrounds again i found out this during this the backgrounds for the battles they take up the whole of the screen as you might imagine on being a background but the image from which those backgrounds are pulled is actually about five times the size of what you see right so the artists have drawn an entire vista an entire horizon with quite a lot of detail and then when they've actually come to use them in the game they only use like the little left hand corner which, again, I, I don't really know why. I assume that there was going to be some dynamism to the battles and they were going to move around the, the location, perhaps. Or a waste of time. Not to. Well, a waste of time or attention to detail or just love of the craft. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let everybody else decide on that. There is a character. So we've talked about the fact that the Japanese titles alluded to the idea that they might be continuations of Super Mario RPG off the snares. Well, there's actually a character that appears in a minigame in Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga, whose only other appearance in a game related to Mario, or any game in fact, is Super Mario RPG. His name is Gino. That is an interesting and odd thing, because the character rights to Gino are owned not by Nintendo, but by Square Enix. So he probably, at this point in time, in 2003, shouldn't have appeared in, in Superstar Saga. I don't know whether there were legal wranglings after. I did try to find out. But I can tell you now, when this game was remade for the 3DS, he did not appear. Oh, okay. So, yeah, bit of, bit of uh, what is that, fiery gossip. I don't know. Hot take. I hope Nintendo aren't listening. Like, if you were Just so, incidentally, is it? If you were so baked into it, though, maybe the lawyers didn't pick up on it or maybe they just thought oh it's fine though no one ever realized what do you mean he was so baked in he was a tight it was a tiny little glimpse in a a single in a mini game mini game yeah exactly that's what i mean that's fine that's 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 harmless mm, yeah i don't know if the character rights lawyers at square enix would agree but we shall probably never know probably past its expiry date or whatever they call it what's that called i oh, can't remember that whole 80 year thing do you mean no film. that's that's copyright yeah that's copyright you're thinking but whatever i, I can't remember what it is something so illegal well, obviously this is on a, a game boy advance we have mm. had very good experience with game boy advance games to date so i've got high hopes yep. for it based on that and also the fact i what i know about Mario luigi rpg games are that they are blooming good yeah and this is one of the best of them i've got a couple more little tidbits and then we're going to play if that's Excellent. all right there is a yes. lot to say about this game but i've i've sort of reined myself in and tried to stick to a few just little little interesting bits or at least i think they're interesting do you remember this game came out when the gamecube was big do you remember that the gamecube also had a game boy player you could it was it was like a super game boy cartridge for the snes but you popped it on the bottom of the gamecube and then you could put your Game Boy Advance and Game Boy games in there and play them on the telly. I remember there being something about one of the Zelda games, possibly Minish Cap, where the map would appear on the TV if you were playing with it connected. Is that right? You're looking well. That's interesting. I've never heard that, but possibly there were a handful of games that had little secrets baked into yeah. their Game Boy Advance cartridges that if you played them on the Game Boy Play, you'd get special things. And that sounds like a perfect candidate for that happening. The 
secrets this one was one of those as well it, it held a couple of little extras incentives i suppose to buy the game boy player one was that if you played it on the gamecube through the game boy player it had rumble supported so game boy advance didn't have rumble but if, if you played it through the gamecube you could experience it with rumble okay sounds nice I'm, i've said rumble about five times now and it's done that thing where a word turns to mush and means nothing once you said it too many times maybe it's rumble so too much on. perhaps bumble bumble if as well you have a second controller plugged into the gamecube when you're playing you can actually control the game with either so the first or the second controller which opens up the possibility for like a pseudo co-op mode to be played because you've got mario and luigi i'm obviously directionally you're gonna have to fight over which direction they go in but your little brother or sister could sit and be Luigi and press the B button every time he needs to jump or something like that. So it's sort of like a, a little nod to co-op, even if it's not a full-on full on mode itself. It's gestured towards it, isn't it? It's a gesture. It's definitely that, yeah. I've already mentioned that Superstar Saga has a different name in Japan. There were also a couple of other little changes in Japan that I don't know whether they made it over to the European release. I don't know whether our, our release was based on the Japanese or the North American. My memory escapes me, unfortunately, on that. I wouldn't be surprised if ours is based on the Japanese, though, because we released at the same time. There were some differences between the North American and Japanese releases and they actually suggest extra development time being used on it but I'm sure it was only a couple of weeks between North America's release and Japan's release so I don't really know when exactly that work would have taken place but the Japanese version has a prologue of sorts as the attract screen so if you leave it idling on the title screen yep. the the prologue will kick in and it will show you Cackletta and Fawful stealing Peach's voice as the attract screen and that's not in the North American version. That's a strange decision to not have that in the north american version yeah i i thought so too and, and then again among others it almost seems like they've decided that certain parts of the game were too difficult having maybe had feedback from north america or something like that because in the japanese version there are these little heart blocks that you can jump into and they'll replenish your hearts they appear in three areas sort of just before boss battles or something like that there, there is none of them in the North American version. They only exist in the Japanese and, and possibly the European. I, I don't know how we stand there. Those incidentally go on to recur in the series as a whole. They become a, a standard feature of the of the series from there on. So yeah, some interesting little differences. I don't know if there are more. In fact, I think there are more. I just thought that they were the most interesting of the ones that I read about. Yeah, I'm not sure what to make of those. They, they seem very specific and deliberate. Yeah. But I can't yeah, quite understand do. why they have been done like that me neither not a clue they seem pertinent don't they and they especially the heart block one it seems like they've had feedback in the time between finalizing the north american version and finalizing the japanese version they've had some feedback saying oh these three areas are mm. maybe too difficult we should give them a give them a little boost give them a little helping hand i wonder if the remaster that you mentioned for the 3ds included those differences like a, a, yeah, an ultimate version know. who knows i hope that's enough to wet your whistle because we're going to play it now so if your whistle's not wetted then you're going to be buggered it is very moist i am really excited about playing this excellent good let's go Ashley here on his own just to explain to you that the following half the second half of this episode hasn't quite turned out 
the way I and Chris were hoping audio wise something has gone wrong on my side when we've been recording and it now sounds like Chris is having a conversation with like a ghost on the radio or something like that it's uh it's not great so apologies for that if you are a first time listener it's not normally like this and I would highly recommend that you go and listen to a different episode if you're weighing up whether you want to stick with us or not, because this, I don't think, is representative of the quality that we usually have. So yeah, sorry about that, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. There we have it, another brilliant game on the Game Boy Advance. You like it. I, I To be honest, I don't know why I was wondering, because I could tell you then you were enjoying yourself. On my childish glee. Childlike, yeah, that, yeah. childlike yeah. and childish, possibly. Yeah, it is just a great, a great game, isn't it? Yeah, it, it took me a little bit to get into the battle system, which we'll come to in a few minutes. But um, yeah, but what's a little bit really? Oh yeah, twenty completely. minutes, not even that. Yeah, so you were okay with the battle system? Yeah, absolutely, bossing it within twenty minutes, and it's so one of the things that we were both picking up on was how nippy this game is. Which we pointed out was also an irony in Sonic versus Mario month. Yeah, yeah. So we've actually, we've hammered Sonic a little bit because he's sold as a fast experience. Everything's, it's got to go fast. Everything's fast. Everything's speedy. Everything's nippy. And actually games don't tend to play out that way. Whereas this is an RPG, let's remind you. It's an RPG. A turn-based battle system RPG as well. With a turn-based battle system, yeah. And yet, everything is lean. Everything feels like it's built to be a quick experience. I suppose that's something to do with the fact that it was non, it was a handheld system that it was yeah, on. completely. This was also, it's 2003, and as we reminded ourselves when we were playing, 2003 was quite a big time, quite a big moment for RPGs, especially JRPGs, and especially those ones that were... 50 60 70 80 maybe even 100 hours long so that is the background upon which mario and luigi superstar saga entered the world and it's the contrast between that and the other rpgs that i was playing at the time is is insane i i can't believe i didn't realize i can't believe i didn't pick up on it even then so mark but i don't think there's a contrast in the actual gameplay itself i think it's just it it's taking those rpg elements and just making them so streamlined equally i realized while we were playing that when this came out november december 2003 i was playing admittedly a bit late to the party i was playing final fantasy 10 yeah exactly which is a perfect example of what you're talking about a very very good game but very bombastic yes in every respect and even that had things that allowed it to feel a bit more streamlined than the the general than the normal fare for turn-based rpgs that had i don't know if you remember but that you could swap characters in and out of battle at any point it was dark completely dynamic and that felt so refreshing and different uh, to be able to do that and not to be locked into your party and uh, but you are right i think you picked you, you used the exact right word there it's streamlined it's everything you expect but in a completely perfectly knitted package perfectly streamlined package pick up on that point then uh, some of the battles towards the end of our playing it today i was in and out within 10 seconds that's starting battle finishing battle out said. back onto the thank you out back onto the game world within 10 seconds i don't think there's any 
where you could say that for any of the battles in Final Fantasy X or any of the other no. RPGs that were comparable at the time. No, to be honest, I think it's partly down to the battle system and the way that the battles work, the fact that you are pla- you're, you're controlling Mario with A and Luigi with B, and you... Oh, on top of that, you can, and I know other RPGs have done this, but you can start the battle before you get into the battle. So on the on the world map, on the overworld, you can you can jump on a character, and that will do damage in the battle at the beginning, which gets which is a nice a reference jump. point. Which is a nice reference point to Mario games as well. Yeah, exactly. It gets you off to a nice start in the battle as because there are is is quite simple, straightforward uh, choices that you're making in terms of attacks, and you can rack up the attack points that you do the actual the actual damage that you do by getting your timing right so all of that feeds into this system that means that you are able to polish off uh, a few enemies in each battle within as you said a, a handful of seconds it just means that you're not you're not standing around you know you compare this to pokemon you compare this to a pokemon battle in a pokemon battle you have the start with the music that goes and spirals in, and that's that's probably longer than most battles in in Superstar Saga, to be honest. Just the introduction. Then you've got to whittle down that one Pokemon's health. Then you have a little dialogue with the character at the end that's like, "Oh, you did well," like that, and all of that is is just stripped away here. You don't have a huge introduction. You've got that flying star that comes into the screen at you, um, but that's very quick. And then you, and you're a in, bit of 3D animation as well, down. and a lovely bit of 3D animation. Yeah, I, I think the battles that the key word for me is dynamic. They're, they're so quick. The, the enemies mm. attacking, which again is a really fun thing in itself. They all have different attack patterns, which you can dodge with timings and it, learning those different enemies because enemy A will attack in a different way to enemy B. And thinking how to do that as well is a really fun learning curve in itself as well. But again, that's making it dynamic because the attacks you can you can dodge them, and if you take them, then obviously that's attacking your health bar. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's fine. You just get something to replenish it. It's just they're they're really fun, and I can't believe the how much I was stumbling through the battles at the start of our playing it today up to the end when I was having that just in and out so quickly. That they're, they're so the way it builds up your skill in those as well is, mm. is really cleverly done. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it tried to build those outside of the battles as well. Again, something that I didn't pick up on when I was playing it in two thousand and three, but. We were introduced, the, the section of the game we, we played, we played up to um, about half, well, not even halfway through the hoo-hoo section of the game. So we'd done star fields, I think it is. Star dust fields. I can't remember what the first part of the game is called, but the purple bit. Something like that. We'd been equipped with one set of our skills, our, our, our bros moves, if you like, that you can use both in, in battle to do special moves and out of battle to navigate and break down obstacles in, in the future when you get other bros moves. When you get given your first set of moves, it's the, it's the two jumps. It's the spin jump and it's the double jump. They are actually priming you, certainly the double jump. That is actually priming you to think about timing because the only way to complete the double jump is to get the timing of Mario landing on Luigi's head right to then be able to do the high jump onto higher ledges, which is then priming you to be better. Do you mean Luigi jumping on Mario's head? Yes, yeah. Sorry, I got that the wrong way around, but that is corrected now. That is then priming you to be better at the timing in the battle so everything's sort of feeding into 
into one another. All the systems in the game are feeding into one another and allowing you to adapt to what it's asking you as quickly as possible, which is clever. I think that's what I mean when I said that from the start of the game, I wasn't very good at that to then at the end yeah. being able to handle that so quickly I think is because the game gradually let me build up those skills really, yeah. really cleverly and encouraged you and to do it in a clever way yeah yeah it, it did the thing that we've commented on multiple times before that we both like where in the first area there are some boxes that you can't quite get at then a little bit later on you learn the skill the double jump thing where Louis should somewhere his head so then I immediately went back classic RPG trope went back and got those things because who likes who everyone likes hoovering up those uh added bonus mm. things and then back into the main quest i really enjoyed that the fact that the game didn't explicitly say i'll come back to here later the fact that it gave me that scenario oh how do i get understood. up to those exactly but then let me join the dots myself and for many gamers they might just leave them and that's fine it's an optional thing but i like to try and no, 100% I, it. I think that is a perfect again a perfect example of good game design because they are optional yeah and you do have the option of going back. At the same time, it's it's an, uh, an example of the streamlining here as well, because that backtracking, optional as it is, you wanted to do it. In order to do it, you didn't you didn't spend ten minutes going back across, you know, reams and reams of of land that you've already crossed. It was two streams. Just one stream back. Was it just one? Yeah. So yeah, it's respecting the player's time which in 2003 wasn't and especially in rpgs was not the done thing it wasn't even necessarily a consideration in a lot of uh game development studios probably well i think that that point carries over as well to lots of it is how smooth it is the the control of it as well it just it feels so fun to play mm. it's so accessible yeah the the do you mean how smooth they they are and how everything just works so moving on a very awkward segue um you you were quite taken with it the way it looked in a number of different ways you commented on that i thought it was stunning again as i said another game boy advance classic just the 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 look of it is characterful these the first area these purple mountains that have got um star strength in the background but there's little added features such as dust clouds that appear as you're walking across to to give you some idea of the landscape you're on and there is obviously no reason for those to be there whatsoever but that little touch those few frames of animation to show the dust being blown across just really made me feel like i was there or Marilyn luigi were there you know what i mean yeah i absolutely do yeah and it it goes for the characters themselves as well there were a number of touches that i, uh, I didn't remember uh to be frank such as you, one of the first things that you pointed me towards was pausing the game, having a look at the character images uh, for their stats pages, and they're they're in a little circle. Each of Mario and Luigi, when you're on their stats pages, in a little circle in the top left hand corner. But what you can see at, in the corner of that little circle is the other brother that you're not looking at, and they're sort of jostling for position, jockeying for position. So when you're looking at Mario's stats, you've got Luigi's elbow in his side, and he's sort of trying to push his way into the screen. And then when you switch over to Luigi's, you've got Mario doing the same thing. And they've they've also got, in the the facial expressions, they've actually got facial expressions. They're pulling little faces, and they're sort of giving you the eye in, in funny little ways. That was nice. Then on top of that, there was the um, the various dances that they do. So there was the dance that they, in battle, when they're waiting for you to choose your 
move or, or to use an item or whatever, they actually do a little wiggle underneath the box. And I mean, that was really funny. I thought I really enjoyed that. And then when you level up, Mario does this little bum wiggle thing. And thrust? Yeah, it kind of looks like a thrust, but the wrong way around. Like he's thrusting out his bum. It, it looks quite, quite strange and, uh, again, funny, humorous. So, um, yeah, that, there were lots of these little touches um, to, to characters that I really appreciated. Another one, again, when Cooper is about to be fired out of the cannon and all three of them, Cooper and Mario and Luigi, all have got their panicked expressions on. That, that was just animated to perfection. It looked really good. Yeah. I liked his little anime uh, tears as oh, well. The, the tears. They sort of look like yo-yos uh, hanging yeah. from his eyes. It was it was all very pitch perfect, I thought. Well, that, that leads nice into the humour, which again mm. was coming through really nicely. The very first character we spoke to said something about how so the introduction, the as Ash said, the first half, the Cooper ship gets destroyed. And the very first character you speak to says something about how it, it was, what was it? It was nearly paid off. Yeah, oh, the Cooper... Mobile. I can't remember what the name of the ship is, but it, it we still needed to pay that off or something like that. We've totally yeah, butchered the line, which means that the humour won't come across at all. But <laughs> uh, it's it's there from the very first line. You speak to a, that Cooper and, and he says that. So it's funny. I realised just a moment ago that I called Bowser Cooper because Cooper was his name uh, to me in the 90s. King Cooper. King Cooper, yeah. But I don't think he is actually canonically Cooper, is he? He's Bowser. Oh, so I, I thought it was. I've been calling him one of those interchangeable. Oh, I don't think it is anymore. It might well oh, have been okay. at the time. At one point, I only knew him as King Cooper, but I don't know whether King Cooper came from the games or whether it came from the cartoon. Yeah, I'm not sure. No, I can't remember either. Would have we would have to in the, look in at the world. They're called the Cooperlings. Yeah, they're called the Cooperlings. Yeah, but he's Bowser. Oh, that's very confusing. Maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe in Super Mario World he was still King Cooper to us. Who knows? No, I don't know. We'd have to find out, and that's too much, too much effort for that's now, especially given that he's not. Yeah, it's not. It's neither here nor there for this game. Another key point with humor that you picked up on, which I didn't, was the 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 bros. The fact that Mario and Luigi are presented in this game as as not being special, unique bros. I didn't. F- uh, noticed that you did what, well, what was it you the, noticed about that, that partly is coming from the fact that i've played it through before so every True. every new area you go to will have its own version of brothers so the version that we had that we met in the section that we played were the starshade brothers and they were mario and luigi fanatics and one of them was red and one of them was green so in starfields or that area they were they were the brothers that everybody knew, if that makes sense. In the next area, the Hoo Hoo Valley or whatever it is that's that's got lots of cat to our type uh, people yeah. in it. Pardon me again. Um, the brothers there are the Met Met. Oh, what is it? Hammer Hammer Bros or something like that. I can't remember exactly what their name is, but they give you your hammer and then you can do a hammer attack with, with what they give you. But they are the Hammer Bros in the game. They are green and red and they are the brothers that are known in that area so all the while every time every time you meet a new set of these brothers you realize that the people that you've taken as unique and exceptional the the whole series is built on the idea that the mario brothers are super they are exceptional 
So to put them into a in the name. exactly to put them into a world where actually there are there are these exceptional brothers around every corner, and you're about to meet eight of them in quick succession. I just thought it was quite a humorous take on um, on the way that we well, it's actually quite a clever take as well on the way that narratives fo- focus you and funnel you into thinking a certain way about the people that are involved in the narrative and then all of the people on the peripheries of that narrative they get forgotten so all of those brothers if you imagine that in super mario brothers one two and three all of the brothers that are in mario and luigi they exist they're just not they're not part of the narrative so this is this is bringing to like that like there are real people ex- that exist outside of what you know of this world and some of them are exceptional in their own ways. I think it's clever and funny. Again, that's what I said in the first half, that idea of it being a right take on the Mario mm. lore. I think that's what this is encapsulated. Yep, absolutely. Uh, just as maybe maybe last point, I don't know if you've got anything else to say. I, I'm going to pick up on something that you said previously. You were talking about how the characters, all of the characters that you battled, they had their own different... Um, attack patterns and you had to learn them all and how that was part of the fun for you well what what i'm sure you realize is that actually we've only played a very small portion of this game this evening because uh, that's all all we have time for unfortunately but the cast of characters is huge and in terms of the ones that you come across in in the world and that you interact with in the world and are able to speak to that's pretty big and then the ones that you actually battle there that's bigger still so you take what you've got here um and expand it maybe by a factor of 10 and you've got you've got i think a recipe for uh, quite a lot of fun if if you're enjoying mm. if you're enjoying uh, sort of memorizing the attack patterns and remembering how to respond to all those characters and that's not to mention the boss battles either because <clears throat> boss battles tend to you you had one boss battle didn't you with tolstar yeah yeah, Tolstar had a quite a different attack style to everyone else that you'd encountered. He could attack low and he could attack, or she, or they. I don't know what, what gender it. Tolstar was. Um, you, it, they could attack high and they could attack low. And you didn't know where they were going to come. You just sort of had to react as it happened. And each of the yeah. bosses will tend to have that kind of slight tweak to the way that they can attack. So they'll have their own unique little attack style. There's just loads of them. That's what I want to say. There's loads of them. The variety here is just massive. It's just made me remember just you, while you were saying that. We had a similar thing, again, Game Boy Advance, with Mega Man Battle Network. Yeah, where there, there's so many different enemies to, to sort of figure out. The all attacks in different ways. Yeah as well yeah i think i don't know why it was that the game boy advance ended up this way but there just seems to be to have been quite a lot of effort put into what ended up on there and quality was there as well as quantity so we're talking about just how many there were but in both in both for both battle network and mario and luigi quantity was met with quality every single time i i can't think of anything that was dissatisfying in this game i just really enjoyed everything about it and that obviously paid off in sales figures. You mentioned while we were playing as well that this this sold 1.2 million copies, which we discussed last week during Sonic 2 about Sonic Mania selling about 1 million copies. And I find it amazing that Sonic Mania, despite being on more consoles and having a, a wider reach, I think, sold less than Mario Luigi Superstar Saga on the Game Boy Advance, which I think is a fairly niche title on a console that I don't know if it sold particularly well either. 
the Game Boy Advance sold very well, as as most Nintendo oh, console okay. handheld consoles tend to do. Like the Nintendo handheld consoles uh, have always sold like gangbusters, and the Advance was no exception. It was it was very popular. At the same time, uh, different landscapes completely, and what you'd True. what what you'd expect to sell on the Game Boy Advance is not necessarily an RPG. You'd expect lighter fat. But I suppose some of that uh, expectation is bleeding into this because, uh, and that might be one of the explanations, one of the reasons behind them trying to streamline this experience and make it what is essential rather than what can be allowed, if that makes sense. Because yeah, the definitely. expectations of what is on the what you play on the Game Boy Advance are different to what you'd maybe play on the PlayStation 2 or the GameCube at the same time. I mean, that's an interesting point in and of itself. Just to pick you up on your numbers, I didn't actually give you a specific number, but I have looked up while you were talking. I think I just made that number up. I, you I... did, yeah. I said over a million. And I, that was just sort of off the top of my head while we were talking off, off mic. But I just looked up now. It's actually 2.1 million copies this sold. So, uh, yeah, getting on for double what Sonic Mania sold. I would have expected simply... I got the right digits just in the wrong order. Yeah, I, I would have expected my... Uh, Sonic Mania, by virtue of being on the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, the, what was it, the Switch, all uh, of which, I mean, there's 300 million consoles close to probably now, maybe maybe just a little bit less uh, between those those platforms, plus the PC. By virtue of, of all of that, I would have expected it to sell a lot better than it did and to have surpassed 2.1 million copies, but alas. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll be honest... Superstar Saga's a better game than as as much as I will go to bat in relative terms for Sonic Mania against other Sonic games, and I will always I I, I believe firmly that Sonic Mania is probably the best iteration of Sonic that's in a two D Sonic that's in existence, and probably three D Sonic given the nature of three D Sonic. Yeah. As much as I would I would say that quite happily, Superstar Saga's better as a game as an experience. As a source of satisfaction and fun, it's just better. It's just more enjoyable in every way. I think it's a, a really good introduction to RPGs as well. It, it's just so accessible. Yeah. So that word characterful as well. I I really really enjoy yeah, playing so it. Before well. we came on to record this, I was talking to your daughter, and she was talking about Metopia. She's, she's bought herself Metopia. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, I think actually Metopia, to give it its credit, is also a very good RPG mm. for, for beginners, mm. not so much battle-hardened RPG experts like you and I and other people listening. I I think, to, to me, it feels like Metopia is a very good starting point for someone in getting into turn-based battle RPGs. I think this Mario Luigi Superstar Saga would then be the next point after yeah. that to help someone get to grips with the, the genre well, as we're a on whole. the same page because that's exactly what i was thinking all the time i was playing i was thinking oh chris's daughter will probably enjoy this and what i think i was i was primed by the fact that she'd been talking about metopia before we started recording so I, I think we're on the same page there it just feels like a very good entry a very good gateway for for young gamers into the rpg genre at the same time, though, oftentimes gateways, uh, where, whatever they are, they they tend not to be satisfying for the people that have gone a few a few 
slabs, what would it be? A few steps down those roads already. So people yeah, no, people that have played RPGs, you wouldn't necessarily expect them to go back to a gateway RPG and get any enjoyment, well, get much enjoyment out of it because everything's maybe a little bit too straightforward or, or something like that. This, though, the whole package is just so well made, so polished, so streamlined that, that even being all the way down that path, that path, I think you could come back to this and, and get a lot out of it and just really enjoy it. Completely. Which makes it a bit sad that it's quite hard to get hold of. Is that right? It is hard to get hold of. So this was released on the Game Boy Advance in 2003. If you can get that, if you can get yourself a Game Boy Advance and, and a copy of this, then more power to you. Good place to play it. At the same time, it then... I mean, that's probably... No. It then released on the Wii U Virtual Console. Oh, really? Yeah, I find it very right. strange. I don't think it came to the eShop on the 3DS. And I think one of the reasons it didn't come to the eShop on 3DS, where it would have been more sensible to have it, was because it was remade for the 3DS. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know, because I haven't played the remake. Now, this game was remade on the 3DS? Yes. Yes, it right. was, yeah. I, I haven't played that remake. It's one of... I might be say, I might be getting this wrong, but Bowser's Inside Story for the DS that was also made remade for the 3DS. Are you aware of that? Sorry, for us, I sound really surprised then, but we talked about that in the first half at a great length, a bit of a short attention span. It would seem you do. Um, no, no, I wasn't aware of the Bowser's Inside Story remake either. That genuinely wasn't aware of. No, I mentioned very briefly that uh, Alpha Dream are no longer around. They they shuttered, and they shuttered. I believe they shuttered because of Bowser's Inside Story, the remake. It sold a grand total. Having gone from 2.1 million copies of Superstar Saga in 2003, Bowser's Inside Story, the remake, sold 21,000 copies for the the 3DS, which is a very high-selling console. There are a lot of 3DSs out there, and it sold 21,000 copies. So it didn't take very long for Alpha Dream to disappear after that, unfortunately. Did the remake... Just not add much to it, though. Well, if you think, when Bowser's Inside Story came out, was that like 2011, 2010, 2011? That's what I was just, and then, that's what I was just trying to work out. Uh, the the remake would have been 2018, 2019, so not even 10 years after. It can't have been that late, surely. Let me have a look. I also thinking as well that the, the 3DS played DS games, so what was the purpose of a remake when you could just got a, a copy of the DS game? Hey, you're asking the very good questions. Uh, and I don't know, <laughs> I don't know the answers, unfortunately. It just makes no sense. No, it, it made no sense to me. I mean, I, I'm surprised to find out that actually Bowser's Inside Story came out in 2009. I remember getting that in 2011. Um, I, I know that very specifically because it was one of the leaving presents I was bought when we both left our jobs on the same day. Right. Um, and it was also the second copy of that game that I owned. So, interesting. Uh, interesting choice. Um, let, me just, let me just find out. Yeah, so it released in 2009 originally, and then um, the remake released in 2018 and 2019 around the world. So, late 2018 in Japan, early 2019 in, in uh, America and Europe. So, yeah. What about the remake of this one, though, Superstar Saga? Um, 
Oh, that one. Was that you the... want to know when that one came out? Yeah, the one we're talking about. Yeah, well, the reason I mentioned the Bowser's Inside Story case was because of the fact that it, re- it, it led to the demise of Alpha Dream, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it absolutely. Might be more than unfortunate. Lots of people have lost their jobs, um, but, and, and we were potentially robbed of some very good games in the future. The remake for this was released in 2017. I can kind of see why they would tackle a remake for Superstar Saga, because you, you're moving quite a long way from the Game Boy Advance to the 3DS. There's quite a lot of technological upheaval and shift forward between those two consoles. From the DS to the 3DS, not so much. So the Bowser's Inside also, Story makes less sense in that regard as well. And also a 14 year gap between the two games, I think, is, is enough of a sizable difference yeah. generation-wise yeah. in terms of generations of people playing, I mean, as well as generations of consoles. Yeah, I think so. But at the same time, possibly just not necessary. Just not necessary. I Personally, I don't think, other than the ability to get hold of it, I think, the mm. fact that being on the Game Boy Advance, being stuck on the Game Boy Advance, makes it difficult to get hold of. But then, why didn't why why not put it on the downloadable? Why not put it on the eShop? Just put it on the eShop because it looks great. It plays really well. Nintendo are famous at uh, not making such good choices with the online content, anyway, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, and I'd so like there you it go. to be more available. It would be nice if it was more available in one form or another. Yeah, really good game. Uh, good luck getting hold of it. Is the, yep. uh, Sorry, the short everybody. conclusion? Mm. Yep. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's that. Yes, I, I really did. Yeah. So one nil is it to Mario? I don't know. When I listened about Sonic Two, you were quite positive about, uh, yeah. about the whole experience. Yeah. Yeah. In again, relative terms. In relative yes, terms. Yes. Unfortunately, but still a victory. Is it? I'll remember that then. Is it, should we say, should we say one all? At the moment? <laughs> no, I, I genuinely, like genuinely, I don't think that the two games really compare. I think Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga is a much better game than Sonic Two. We'll wait until you uh, wait till you play next week's what, uh, Sonic Sonic, Sonic title. Two on the Game Gear. Wait oh, those side uh, eyes! For- they were so good there. <laughs> I don't think it is now. I think you're trying to. I think you're trying to bluff me. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, remember, we are available on all the, the social meds. We're on the gram, the book. Sounds like we're on drugs. The, the twit. <laughs> the twit and the tubes. You can be the twit. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, did feel like, I, did feel, I did feel like a twit yeah, saying the I gram then. Uh, the 40-year-old that you nearly are. <laughs> Four years away. Yeah. Give me some credit. 10%. Uh, yes, and remember to like, share, subscribe, rate, and review as well, please. Thank yes, you very please. much. Yes, please. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. Ta-ta.